Are you a sneakerhead? Yeah, boy! A baller? Ballin'. Want to know about the hottest brands you can lace up and run with? Well, get ready, because we got all the details right here. Nice take by James. Oh, he stops! LeBron James puts it down in the face of James Johnson. Kevin Durant way outside. Delivers! Kevin Durant from downtown. It's a six-point game. And it goes off to Kobe. Good to ride Kobe underneath. Puts his nose on the line again. Makes the basket. He's fouled. Oh, what a play. And Kobe, after he was fouled, after the ball nestled in the net, he waved to a cameraman down in front. Says, take my picture, baby. Sixers running the break. Iverson accelerating to the jam. It's kicks and bricks where we got game on the streets, and on the court. Money's gotta be the shoes. Shoes, shoes, shoes. shoes. You sure it's not the shoes? I'm sure, Mars. Money's gotta be the shoes. And here's your host, Jamel Cutler. What up, man? Welcome to Kicks. Today we have my guy from the left coast, my bro, Jermaine, man. What's up, my guy? How you doing? What's good? Happy to be here. Thank you for having me, man. No problem, man. So, um, like, you're from Compton. Like, you talk about, like, what was it like growing up in that area? You know, my mom definitely, uh, you know, was um on it. So, like, I wasn't really out in the streets like that. But, uh, you know, definitely being around that environment, it, it definitely showed me a lot, exposed me to a lot of just, like, you know, what my life could be if, uh, you know, I was to just be out, you know, and doing a lot more stuff, but I was way more involved with like music and like, um, you know, um, church and sports, you know, but like, you know, surrounded by, you know, the streets and being in Compton, definitely. So, so like Compton, like is usually like synonymous with rappers. Um, like, isn't it important right. that, that, um, that you show that Compton like breeds more than rappers. Like there's some R and B. Definitely, out man. There, like yourself. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I think it's it's amazing that uh Compton has such a big brand and that like you know a lot of people know it and it's a famous thing, you know. And I love that. Like I'm proud of my city, but I definitely do realize that you know with that came a stereotype. And it'd be dope to break that stereotype of just like certain type of people come out of Compton. Um, you know, we 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 have mad flavor, we have mad different di diversity. You know, it's it's a lot of people, a lot of different, but you know, that do a lot of different things. And it was dope to see Serena Williams and them break that. You know, with you know tennis, and I'd love to break it with a different aspect in music, which is R and B. Why do you think we don't see like more like R and B dudes coming out of Compton? Because I'm sure that the talent is there. We, we just yeah. nationwide. The structure, it, it, I don't think the structure is as is as uh, you know as there. You know, like Compton breeds has been breeding rappers and just dope hip hop people. So I feel like it's already a structure. Like they, they paved the way for it to where like you know if you're good enough and you get yourself in a situation and get around the right people, you know. And there is some type of system that can like break you. And I just feel like it's a little harder for us, you know, R&B, because, you know, it ain't that many that's done it coming out of Compton. So, you know, it, it's just a little harder when you're like one of the first to like try to do it, you know, that's, that's just simply the way I see it. 
And if you're one of the first, like, there's no pressure to, like, compare yourself, like, to the next dude. Definitely, man. And I just think it's just a little bit, like, you know, the culture is hip-hop. So, like, mm-hmm. most people that look, they, you know, grow up in Compton looking up to, you know, all the hip-hop guys, Dr. Dre, you know, Kendrick, Game, you know, all, you know, I, you know, NWA and all them. It's, it's just the culture is already there. So, like, you know, if you want to get into music, those are gonna be the people that you hear about and look up to, and that you know your mom and aunties and un- uncles know about. You know, of course they'll play the R and B and stuff, but like, you know, all the you know all the music that they'll be playing, nobody from out here from the city. You know, so it's just a little, just a little different. It'd be cool to be like, yo, you know, this R and B dude from Compton. You could be like him too. You know, it'd be cool to be one of the first to do that. A lot of gifted R and B um singers like you were involved in the church. Like, do you think if yes, was- sir church involvement like that you wouldn't be here you know as a um yeah yeah man church definitely uh it's definitely a a a good basis and core you know foundation that um definitely gave me a head start within music on all aspects on all aspects as like a musician you know even as an artist hearing advanced music and singing you know that kind of advanced music I, i consider gospel music like advanced in the same way of uh you know jazz you know so it's it's not necessarily as organized but it's definitely you know complex and it takes a certain type of skill to be able to do that definitely on a weekly basis so um you know being being in a church with me in the shape and like gave me the experience that like people assumed i had when i first started doing music as an artist you know it's kind of crazy to me that you taught yourself the piano like it's just crazy Luckily, like I said, church gave me the uh, experience in the ear. Hearing that kind of advanced music, I already had the ear for 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 notes, and like it was just simply a matter of me just hearing the song and then just like teaching myself baby steps, you know, baby step by baby step. You know, it'd be days where I literally just played the same two chords of like a whole song, like I just played the very like first two chords of a song for like the whole day and just beat it into my memory until it was like muscle memory and then like move on. Like I was just doing small sections by small sections and, you know, realizing that it's only 12 notes and, you know, on a piano. So it's only so many different chords you can hit. So the more I just practiced like, and just was like learning baby pieces of songs and eventually knowing the whole song, the more, you know, it came easier to me and like, I don't understand the theory of music that well. Like I have a, a, an idea of it, but you know, most of the stuff that I do and learn is just is by ear, just hearing it and then just eventually applying what I hear. No, did you teach yourself like like other instruments or was it like? Um, no, nah, my auntie, my auntie gave us the uh, foundation with drums. She she taught us drums. I got this auntie that I grew um that taught all of us. Me, it was like me and like a group of my eleven cousins and brother and two brothers. We was all in this little, you know, church uh, boy band group. Um, and she taught us all the instruments. Like, she knew how to play everything. The bass, the organ, um, the drums, like, guitar. Like, she, she literally did everything. And she taught all of us instruments. And, like, one of, one of the cousins that, you know, blossomed first and is, like, doing his thing is one of, one of them is Brody Brown. Um, another one is Nick Smith. You know, who's like all like integrated within 1500s and like doing a thing, you know, tour musicians for like Roddy Rich and like, you know, 
doing anything with, uh, you know, um, Bruno Mars and stuff. So like, it's been cool to uh, see, you know, our auntie, you know, you know, instilling us, you know, those gifts and like us being able to, you know, pay it back by like doing our thing. <laughs> you broke through the scene like using TikTok. Like, talk about the importance like social media has played, especially I say within like the last five to ten years. Yeah, yeah, I broke through Vine. Um, when I broke through Vine, man, I did, yeah, I, I, it's crazy to see the power in it. Honestly, uh, I was like in the tenth grade when I first got my phone, um, and then like when I got on Vine, it was like three years later, and I didn't really understand the power of even social media at all. Like I didn't even understand social media, you know, within itself. Like what is, you know, like I was just really like wet behind the ears on like having, you know, a phone even. So like, I was just, you know, being myself, not even trying to be a singer when I was, you know, making vines. And it was one vine I did with my brother where we freestyle, we did, we would do freestyles. And uh, once at one of the, one of the days we uh, took the Gardena two bus from Compton to South Bay Galleria, went to Guitar Center. He did like a beat on the Yamaha piano in like five minutes. I did a freestyle to it. And, you know, the freestyle was called Freaky. And um, I did that. It was like a six second low vine. And I didn't understand. Like, I seen people, like thousands of people, like liking it and like hundreds of people commenting, like, please make it a song. But I just thought it was fake or just, I don't know, just people just hype being hype beast or whatever. I didn't really understand it. So I was just like, whatever. I was like 18, a year out of high school. I went to like my homies uh, after prom. And I remember just like, you know, a good amount of people just coming up to me, like, please make that a song. And these were people that I knew. And like them knowing about that and like me knowing them and then like understanding like, man, like is they feeling this, you know what I'm saying? Just seeing people look at me and, 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 and talking about that, you know, and, and the way they talked about it and the passion they had about this like little clip it was the first time i saw it physically like how powerful you know something i just put up online can like impact you know people and change my life you know made me make that a song and then turned me you know i met once once i put the song out you know it, it caught it caught some steam and then people started looking at me as an artist before i even thought i was an artist so like the power of social media turned me into an artist. I don't. I don't think if that would have ever happened the way it happened, I wouldn't be doing you know music as an artist. And you know, I knew I was capable of doing something like this, but I didn't ever like think to like do it. I guess you know. Who are some R and B dudes that you like kind of patterned your music after? Because I was listening to some of your old stuff. Yeah. And your current album, and to me, you kind of sound like you know those dudes. From the 90s. It's funny, man. Like the the, the funny thing about 90s RB and is is I feel like all of the 90s RB dudes literally just grew up in church, you know, and, and then got snatched out of church and put on stage and start singing RB songs. I think that's really honestly the most com uh consistent thing about me compared to everybody that was in the 90s is we grew up the same way, you know. And like our core and our foundation is the same, you know, which was church. And then it, it grew into making R&B songs and like our foundation, you know, influences how we make music, you know, the, the runs we do, the, the, the way we approach, you know, you know, songs, 
you know, is is, is very similar to the '90s do, and that's, I think it's because I, I I literally grew up in church the same way they did, you know. But uh, people that I'm uh, inspired by is like Marvin Gaye, Michael Jackson, Jamie Foxx. It's certain people that um, inspire me for you know different reasons, but like those are like definitely one of the top three for sure. Yo, Jamie Foxx is like underrated. Like, it's kind of yeah, I love Jamie Foxx. I think he's just an underrated, you know, talent. You know, like he he can do everything, and he and he does it at a you know at a really good level. And that's something I aspire to, you know, have a similar career, like you know, where it's not just music, it's not just acting. You know, it's not it, it, you you can't you can't box him in. Like I like that. I'd love to have a career like that. Um, your last project was 2016, 15, around that time. Like you talk about like the evolution and the progress that your music has made since then. Man, I've been going through uh certain different evolutions. Um the, 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 my last project before uh New Jack City, which was uh Lefty. That was me finally uh being able to put a, um, you know, I the the project before that I called it shift because I was uh you know shifting my you know my music uh into a different direction as far as like being able to like really put my like artistic taste on it. I feel like before that I was just trying to build everybody, so I called the shift, and then Lefty was more was more me putting my creative expression out in a way that I felt was way more, you know, catered to who I am rather than what I think people was trying to make me be or whatever. So like I called it lefty because I'm a lefty and like the music was a little bit left compared to what other people were doing. And, you know, I think it's going to continue being that way. Like I'm, 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 I'm left with, you know, my approach to music, what everybody's doing, I'm not trying to do. And I don't want to try to, you know, I ain't trying to be different, but I'm just naturally different. Like I just want to, do what I like and like what I like and what I want to do. Most people ain't doing it. So I'm just understanding, you know, the fact that, you know, what I'm doing is different. It's going to be a little harder, you know, but like, that's just what comes with, you know, trying to, you know, be the first to do something and doing something different. You know, it don't, it's, it's an acquired taste and, you know, it's going to hit you left and you got to get, you know, you got to get used to it. But you, you know, if you give it patience and you, you rock with it, and you, you know, if you have open ears to you know different music, you'll rock with it for sure. So that's what I call my uh, project Lefty. And the New Jack City is a beautiful blend of, you know, it's a beautiful collaboration between me and Charlie Heat and YMTK. So when you were saying that you kind of go left from everybody else's, that's kind of like what Kanye does. Like people are doing A and B, he's doing like he's doing something else completely. And like yeah. one thing about his genius that people don't really appreciate. yeah. Exactly. And I, and I'm, you know, I've, I've gotten over that fear to, to fail or fear to look whack. Like I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good about finally getting over that. Like it's constant pressures on like how I'm supposed to look, how I'm supposed to act, you know, the type of music I'm supposed to put out, me needing to be on TikTok all the damn time. You know, it's just like a certain, you know, pressure that's pushed from all angles, from all different kinds of people that you, you know, that I work with as far as like how I should be doing my job and my career and being Jermaine, you know? And it's just crazy. Like nobody know how I should be me better than me. And I just got to always remind myself that. 
you know, I saw somewhere that like they're making a sequel to New Jack City, like, mm-hmm. like a sequel or a prequel or like yeah. the original movie. I seen that too. I think I thought it was crazy bad. timing. I hope they hear the project and I hope they they hear a song or two that they like, you know, that they want to put use in a movie, man. That they were a big inspiration and a big part of, you know, why we, you know, approached the album the way we did. And, you know, we see ourselves in, you know, in, in, within that movie as far as like just how we uh approach music and business and like, you know, how we are like with each other. Like it's it's a brotherhood and you know, we live by code, you know what I'm saying? We got each other's back. You know, and definitely in the business, that's like cutthroat like that. You know, we loyal to each other, but we cutthroat, you know, with everything, everybody else. You know, we approach it like we the, you know, kingpins and, you know, it's the, you know, the, the way that movie was, was exactly, you know, how we feel we are. You know, we saw ourselves in that movie, so. And the album cover, I think, kind of pays homage to the time frame. Because, like, if you, if you, like, really think about it, you guys are kind of, like, just like me, you know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The other guy. But Definitely. Know. Definitely, man. And like a lot of people, they don't put like a lot of effort in the album covers anymore. Like, when you're coming from an artistic background, is that aspect of the of the album like important to you? Like the the cover art of the album? Does yes, it definitely was, man. It symbolized that it, you know, it ain't just me that's you know doing this you know like and I, I understand I'm the face of it but I thought it was really important for to show you know the other two people and like let it be known that like you know this is a little this is a squad mob you know we mobbing as a squad and uh we did this together and I didn't do this by myself yes it's only my voice that you hear on the records or mostly my voice that you hear on the records but um it was a collective effort all from 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 beginning to end and um i just felt it was only right to put you know everybody that like was very you know influential on every aspect of the project you know on the cover which was you know us three it was just you know us three that was you know doing it together from beginning to end that album cover kind of reminds me of that classic death row photo with should pop and dre right like were you guys aiming for that Nah, man. Honestly, we weren't aiming for it. We just wanted to have a picture with us three, man. We didn't, we didn't intend to uh, <laughs> do it like anybody else. You know, we just wanted to look fly and you know have a picture with us three together. <laughs> so that's crazy. I got to look at that picture. And I think there was hints of red in the picture too. Hold on, let me go. Look. That's crazy. Okay, yeah, I got to look. I'm gonna look that up. <laughs> yeah, I got big that pro vibes from that. That's fire. That's fire. You and Charlie Heat, you kind of remind me of the R&B version of Nas and Hip Boy. Do you think that's a fair comparison to make or do you think that's kind of at this point? Man, honestly, I've learned <laughs> comparisons are a beautiful thing, man. If, if, I, if I remind anybody of somebody that they look up to or, you know, like, I'll take it, you know? Um... I, I I don't really I, I I don't really know that if I can answer that as well, but you know, I I will say that I'll t- I take the compliment. I take it as a compliment. So I was getting those vibes like something's kind of bubbling up there, right there. Like, yeah. That you guys have, you know? Nah, for sure. We definitely got a, a great chemistry, man, and that's 
And I think that's the beauty of everything in life, you know? All special things, you know, the key ingredients, I believe, you know, that's my theory, is, is, is the chemistry. If it's on top or down below, having well-groomed hair or no hair at all is important to every man on the dating scene. Manscaped is the world leader in men's grooming and hygiene products. They offer the best tools and liquid formulation for the three main odor zones for your body, butt, and balls. Manscaped has helped me out on countless date nights and pleasurable after-hour adventures. They've hooked me up with a lot of stuff from their Perfect Package 4.0 kit. The Lawnmower 4.0 is cordless and water-resistant, so you can trim your sensitive areas in the shower. It features a wireless charging system with LED lights to show how much juice your trimmer has left. The Crop Preserver Ball deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball toner spread for a full day's worth of body protection. The Crop Cleanser makes sure the rest of your body is clean. The kit also includes the ball shaving mat called the Magic Mat, Manscaped Boxers, a t-shirt, and the Shed Travel Bag. Just go to manscaped.com and use the promo code KICKS, that's K-I-C-K-Z, and save 20% on your order. Once I finish the album, you know when, um, when, when Kobe threw that, when Kobe threw that alley to Shaq in the conference finals years ago? Oh, yeah. I Iconic. Got that, yeah, like right after the album was finished, like, I kind of got that same feeling. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. That's exactly what we was uh we was on, man. We was we was really trying to like make it, you know, throwing the lobs to each other, man. Like we just, you know, some things we don't even gotta speak about. He just know where I'm trying to go with certain songs and and, and it'd be the same thing with me. Some songs it, it didn't take us long at all to 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 um to do. Like half of the songs, the half of the songs that we like did, the hook was done within the first like minute because <laughs> it just automatically you know what i'm saying just translated i just you know felt something immediately from what he played which is super dope the joint that you have were too short that's my favorite like what was it like working <laughs> i wasn't there when he cut the song but um you know me and me murph and uh charlie uh we were super hyped when um when we heard it back you know and um you know, my boy, you know, Murph literally let us know. He's like, yeah, I think we, I, I can get us too short on here. You know, I just, it, it was so like, just like too short. Okay. I mean, yeah, if you hop on it, you know, but you know, he did it. And when he did it, I was just, I was shocked, you know, and like just super, uh, super hyped about it, man. Cause he really killed it. Like it was one of those songs that was just perfect. Like <laughs> it was perfect for too short. <laughs> And that's one song that all dudes could like relate to. I don't care. Yes, exactly. It's funny because literally, I. Uh huh. We all been there at one point. Yeah, literally. That's that's exactly what happened, man. Like, they, Charlie, <laughs> I we was we had a scheduled studio session. I just got in an argument with my girl, and uh, you know, when it went into the studio, like just like really bought like it, I was obviously like you know bothered and you know you know mad and so you know they was like you know just kicking it and just chilling and like damn gee what happened you good blah 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 I'm like man blah blah blah, blah. I'm like man you know she got me fucked up <laughs> and then you know we chopped chopped it up and talked about it a little bit and then 
that the first thing you hear on the record is the first thing Charlie played. As soon as we started, we didn't even necessarily start the, you know, it wasn't an official start in the studio, like, like a start in a session. He just like got on the piano and just, that was the first thing he played. And he played, he was playing it for like 30 seconds. And then like, that was just the first thing I thought. I'm like, this got me fucked as she slipped. <laughs> and, I, and, and then uh, Murph was like, hold up, do that, do that. No, I'm like, bro, nah, I, come on, man. I was joking. Like, no, bro, let's not do that. Uh, for real, let's let's do something. They're like, no, that's it, that's it. And then we just ran it, ran from there. I, I I entertained it. I didn't think people would even fuck with it. You know, I just thought it was different from, you know, I, I'm so stubborn about wanting to do R&B a certain way and whatever. But you know, it took it took me getting out my own way on this record to realizing that you know this is another you know this is a cool different you know thing for me you know and to embrace it. You know, this is a part of me. This is. This is, uh, you know, a, a part of my attitude. You know, this is New Jack City attitude. You know, it just made sense. So uh, that's that's one of my favorite stories um, in a uh, process as far as like uh, with making one of the records in New Jack City. Yeah, man. And like to me, that's my favorite song on the album because it kind of reminds me of uh, the world is filled with um, Diddy and Too Short from Biggie's from Biggie's album from back in the day. Oh yeah. Kind of me that Man, two shorts forever, dog. You're a legend. <laughs> you know, and also like I like that the album kind of has that cinematic vibe to it. Like the album, definitely. Like I'm definitely don't hear that anymore. I know, man. Cinematic sound. Yeah, I know, man. People don't even do it no more. It used to be done, but you know. Not as much anymore, which is it's cool, man. Like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna take the lane around with it. <laughs> Do you feel any pressure to kind of hold down the fort along with other West Coast artists like Game or or Snoop or YG guys like that? Nah, I don't, man. I think I'm just gonna. I think uh, you know, the best thing to do is to do my own thing and um, you know, be from the West Coast. You know, I think to show diversity from, you know, West Coast, you know, type of music. Like, I think I can always flirt in that lane and that'll be easy, but I think it'd be even more important to create a, a, a new lane and, you know, do my own thing and be able to also, you know, dip in the West Coast sound. I think that's way more impactful. You know, I don't want to be the person that, you know, just another, you know, West Coast type of sound and do like, you know, I think there all there'll always be room for that, and there'll always be people that you know can do that and like you know do it well. But you know, I don't think that's for me. Um, but I definitely love the sound, and I definitely would. Oh, I'll definitely always you know be down to like you know make music, you know, and you know dip into that lane for sure. Like you know, I love West Coast music. You know, it's, shout out to Blast. I love I love his sound. You know, Aaron Ray. Like I. I I like, you know, that, you know, it's it's a lane for that. And like, you know, I'm into it. I I, I that's that's the kind of music I like to listen to, you know. Now I was scrolling through your Insta the other day and I noticed your sneaker game. Like what's in your sneaker rotation right now? Oh uh that's a good one, man. I got some classic Adidas, some ones, some Air Maxes. Some road pumas. Then I got these like exclusive YG, you know, 
Cortez's, and then some Yeezys, man. That's that's my like comfortable set I like to wear. Oh, that's your go-to shoe, right? That's my comfortable go-to chain of shoes that I like to wear. <laughs> I wear sneakers often, man. I, I wear them often. I don't, I don't, I don't. That's 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 the that's what I like. I usually like to wear. That's the most comfortable for me. And, you know, you could wear sneakers with it with a lot of things. So, <laughs> uh, is there a shoe that you purchase and then like after like a few days you like instantly regret it buying it? Yes, definitely. It was these <laughs> these big these big ass goofy Converse, bro. Like I thought they were so fly. I seen an ad on them and I thought they were super fire. They like bulky converses. They like look like space shoes damn near. I thought they were so dope. And then like immediately I just regretted it. I'm from NYS, so we rock a lot of Thames and Air Force Ones. I almost say Thames and Air Forces, yeah. Now I lived in New York for a couple of years, so I know. <laughs> like how many pairs of chucks do you have in your closet? Not that many, bro. That's wow. that's what I'm saying. I I literally got one or two. I used to wear chucks all the time, though, in middle school and high school. Not high school, middle school and elementary. It was chucks. My dad had me in, uh, what was it? Not K-Swisses and chucks and uh, Air Forces. <laughs> that was all we was wearing. <laughs> no, I, I brought a pair of all-white chucks just to fit in. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, nah, Chucks is the go-to. My brother loves Chucks. He got like probably five, six pairs that he just constantly wears. <laughs> yeah, yeah man, Chucks is definitely the West Coast stamp for sure. In New York, man, like now, I think I got like four pairs of Air Force, like Air Force ones that that are um on ice and two in my rotation right now. Ah, got you. Yeah, same thing for tennis too. Yeah. You gotta have the Tim's and rotation, dog. <laughs> I love it. I love it, bro. So like do you prefer like designer shoes like Dior's like over the athletic shoes? Because they're like because there's like some people like they prefer that type of sneaker over, you know, the core of um sneaker culture. You say athletic shoes, like what kind of athletic shoes are you talking about? This like 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 Jordan 1 stuff like that. Nah, yeah, I'm taking, I'm taking, I'm taking ones all day for sure. Like ones I think are one of the best shoes ever made. So it looks good, but you can feel the difference between the technology from back then to the technology. Oh, for sure. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. But the look of, you know, I don't know, man. Like I feel like it's a time and place for like the, you know, upscale. I don't, I don't know, man. Maybe I ain't get my bread up, like, enough, but, like, I just don't. I don't feel like I'm going to be the person that, like, when I get a grip of money, the shoe gang going to change me drastically. Like, I'm going to be wanting to wear, you know, designer this and designer that. Like, I really don't care. I like what I like, and I'm comfortable with, a, with what I'm comfortable with, you know, unless my girl change it, <laughs> make me, you know, change my ways and try some new shit. But I think, I think I'm going to be consistent with my shoe gang. <laughs> And like Dior ones, like I may or may not have a pair, but I can't wear that outside. But I, you can't wear the ones outside. Yeah, I can't wear that outside without expecting no problems. You said without expecting no what? <laughs> without expecting no problems, like the Dior ones. 
Facts, facts. I know it's fragile. You don't want to get creases and shit in it. <laughs> so, like, like yeah, that. you gotta be real careful with them. I get you. I feel you. So before we go, like I want to talk some hoops with you, man. What's going on with your Lakers, man? Oh man. I'm so disappointed, dog. <laughs> I'm so disappointed. I, I really am. Honestly, I think they did the boy Frank Vogel wrong. Uh, but at the same time, they didn't. You know, them rotations were ridiculous. I think Dwight Howard should have played way more. Um, I think they should have worked out a way for Russ to just come off the bench, in my opinion. And because, uh, like, LeBron and Russ are the same type of players, except, you know, the only difference is the dude is like five inches shorter. So it just didn't really make that much sense to me to have the same type of player that does the same kind of thing. You know, it, it, we should have never got Russ in the beginning. You know, of course, you know, I felt like, I felt like oh, homie was picking, homie was picking all the players that, you know, <laughs> had a name for themselves rather than like actually choosing what fit well. You know what I'm saying? Like we had a whole bunch of vets and like, you know, you need the combination and mix of like younger dudes that's hungry and want to like hustle for the ball and want to prove something like that Laker 2020 team was special because it had all the right combination. Like everybody at that in on the 2020 team, they had something to prove. They all were like, you know, forgotten about or like, uh, you know, they not, you know, that good or like, you know what I'm saying? Like was damn near blacklisted, you know, besides like Danny Green, like everybody else, JaVel McGee, Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard had to beg for, you know, his, for that position. And he had a lot to prove at that moment, you know, and THT was a young gun, you know, trying to prove himself on a, you know, ex well-experienced team, JaVel McGee, um, Alex Caruso. Like I, I love that 2020 team a lot more and that chemistry was there. And um, this one is just like, I don't know. They they just had this like aura, at least when I seen them play, like they just wait till we get to the playoffs or like they like they the one that won the championship. It was just pissing me off, man. Just the effort was not there. Hey, I was no, it killed me. I wanted I wanted my guy Melo to to Man, I felt so bad for Melo. And he was he was having himself a decent year too. It sucked. It sucked. It just was. It was just. It was just not enough people that that gave gate that gave a damn to play defense, man. It was too many people that just wanted to wanted to score. That's that's what I saw. I was looking on Twitter like a few weeks ago. Somebody said uh, if Russ was in a Cadillac, that shot at Tupac, Tupac would still be alive. Yeah. <laughs> Hey man, I understand the sentiment with that, cause yeah, man, <laughs> I be seeing they be doing them dirty with the with the little. I know you be seeing if you're on Twitter, the little Laker highlights, <laughs> just like him bricking so bad. I be, I'm like, damn, bro. It was crazy. Yeah, I think he gonna be all right though. Like, he just gotta get off the Lakers though. He he do. He he needs to get on a team that uh works for him you know i, I seen know. uh something about maybe going to charlotte i think charlotte would be a great team for him like he got to come off the bench you know but you know i think that's where his career is at right now 
I think the Clippers might be decent. Uh-huh. Clippers? Yeah. It could be. It could be. You're right. It could be. It could be. You're actually probably right. You probably don't want to play with Paul George, though. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like, but I think the Clippers could work minutes. for him. You're right. I agree. They'll miss so many games. Like, he'll end up starting, like, regardless of anything. Or even a team like Denver. I think Denver would be a good fit for him. Oh, yeah. That would be a good one. But then with Denver, he might have to come off the bench, too. That's what I'm saying. I think that's what he needs to do. But, like, man, he would kill it in Denver. On a team like Denver, he'll kill it. I think he'll get a contract high up. For sure. I feel like it's one of those teams that just could that, that could just use an extra little punch. Even like somebody like Toronto. He he I think he'd kill it in Toronto as well. Like it just, you know, it's it's certain teams that just need that extra little punch, the extra little oomph, you know, to get them to get them, you know, deeper or you know, make them more of a problem. And I feel like that's a team that Russ could fit on. They already have an identity, and they just need that extra little star power. He might could fit in with Boston. He might be Boston. Star. I don't think he could fit in with Boston. Jason Tatum and, and uh, you know Jalen Brown, they they're ball dominant, and like that's what Russell needs to be. That's why I named those kind of teams because I feel like Toronto and Denver, they're unselfish and. Their stars don't need the ball in their hand to impact the game. And that's what I think was a core problem with the Lakers. We had so many people that needed the ball. THD needed the ball. LeBron needed the ball. You know, Malik Monk needed, he needed touches. You know what I'm saying? Like Malik Monk is a bucket. He just needed more touches. And he shows it every time. You know, there's a small part of me that kind of wants to see Russell in Brooklyn just, just for the... <laughs> oh, man, that would be nuts. That would be a disaster waiting to happen, though. But, man, media would go crazy. The media would go crazy. I just want to see that just just for the jokes. Just for the oh, jokes. man, right? The story, the stories would be forever. <laughs> It'd be forever stories. Literally, dog. Hell yeah, man. Who you think gonna win it all? I kinda have Brooklyn winning it all. You have Brooklyn? Yeah, I have Brooklyn. Oh man. I saw that yeah. not happening from a mile away. No, it, it wouldn't surprise me. Like I wanna pick the Suns, but Man, Ben Sam is so disappointing, dog. There's just something about them. like they're struggling with the Pelicans. And that team finished 10 games under 500. Bro, I know. That makes me just so, like, mad because I hate Phoenix fans acting like they really did something beating a beat-down, you know, Laker team. Like, we highly depended on AD, you know, for a good portion of, you know, the the year the year that they went to the finals just last year, I'm telling you, like we literally were whooping their butt, and it was two one, and we were up, we were about to like go up three one, like we had it in the bag, and then AD got injured, of course, but like we had Phoenix, we had Phoenix in a chokehold, dog, like we smelled blood, and then out of nowhere AD got hurt, but like we had them, dog, like it's no way they would have went. I think next year. 
they might have a bounce back year for Lakers. Yeah, for sure. We're going to see, man. We're going to see. I, I, it, it'll be nice. I think I think LeBron and all of them are, you know, I, I think it was a good wake-up call. They're going to take every game seriously, you know? Like, I feel like they we, we coasted the year after the finals. Um, and then, you know, we like, all right, you know, that was just a bad year. But let's coast through the year and then get to the playoffs and then we'll do our thing. And then for them to not make the playoffs, I feel like it was a good wake-up call to where, like, you know what? We, you know, we can't coast. Like, we got to, like, we got to be urgent with, like, trying to win. And we got to take it more seriously, dude. And I just think that was just the veterans just thinking they had it together and just, we just got to get to the playoffs. Like, nah, dog, y'all, y'all suck. <laughs> like, who's playing more games next year, AD or Ben Simmons? Ben Simmons. You think he was? <laughs> nah, I think AD playing more than him. Nah, I think I wish I wish I could I wish I could put my money on that, but I don't think that's gonna happen, bro. Unfortunately, I I think Ben's gonna play the whole year next year, and like I think he'll play like fifty, fifty-five. Why would he play only fifty? He's more durable than AD. He just don't seem interested in playing basketball. He's like the light-skinned Andrew Bynum. Dude, it's 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 sad to see. It's really sad to see. I don't know if it's interest or if, I don't know what it is, man. Because yeah, it don't make sense. It don't make sense. And I just seen I was read I was uh, reading and uh, even watching on you know Sports Center how they were saying like or not Sports Center no I just watched it I was uh, reading how like literally uh, he's quit on every team he's been on since high school dog not high school since college or was it high school I don't know. Either high school or college. He's been quitting on his teams, like, consistently. During that game four, while his teammates are, like, putting it all on the line. He made it seem like he's going to come back. Then they went they <laughs> they went down 3-0. He was like, ah, you know what? <laughs> I think my back hurt, actually. I can't get over that. Like, he's yeah, he, he shot himself in the foot on that. Like, I feel like if he just would have never said nothing, maybe it wouldn't have mattered, like, this hard, but. It just looks really bad, the fact that he says something and then, you know, goes back on his word once the team go down, you know, 0-3. Like, it just looks really bad and looks, you know, look like he just don't have any competitive fight in him, bro. I mean, he's interested in Warzone. Dude, it's crazy. I want to thank you for joining me today. Like, um, what's new for you? Like, do you have any upcoming projects in the works? Um, yeah, man, I ideally would love to put out like a, uh, you know, little sex EP, you know, just like five, a couple of songs, you know, just, you know, love making type sex songs. I love to do that. That love for that to be my next project. Um, I also just want to get more into like, uh, writing for people and, you know, producing and, you know, just getting the bag, honestly. So those are things I've been uh, thinking about, you know, and plotting on. You know, also trying to, you know, do a show and eventually tour as well. So those are things I'm just like, that's on the forefront of my, you know, agenda. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks again for this interview. Really yeah, thank you, bro. I appreciate you having me.